Welcome back to another episode of Stern Chats. I'm Andrew Slotnick. And I'm Devna Shukla. And we are really excited to have Kathy Andrade on the show with us today. Kathy is the CEO of Retail Financial Services at TIAA. She's actually on the show in conjunction with the Stern Women in Business Conference. So Devna, what about this episode really resonated with you? I love that Kathy is a CEO of her own life in many ways. She is a very proud mom and obviously very successful in the financial industry as well. And it struck me that she is someone who not only talks about how you can have it all, but she enjoys it at the same time. It's really inspiring to hear about how she's able to balance being a mom, working for TIAA at such a high level. Definitely a really inspiring episode. I'm really excited for it. Me too. I can't wait for everyone to listen to it. NYU Stern Women in Business, or SWIB, is proud to sponsor this episode of Stern Chats. SWIB promotes the advancement of business women within and beyond the Stern community. The club's mission has three parts, promote, engage, and connect. Whether you are a prospective or current student or an NYU Stern alum, SWIB is here to bridge us as women and allies. If you would like to learn more about our organization and events, please visit our website at www.sternwomen.org. Once again, that's sternwomen.org. Finally, we'd like to offer our congratulations to the graduating class of 2018. Good luck and please stay in touch. Okay, let's roll that tape. From New York University Stern Campus, this is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. Welcome back to another episode of Stern Chats. I'm Debna Shukla. And I'm Andrew Slotnick, and we have the pleasure of having Kathy Andrade here. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to be here. So Kathy is the CEO of Retail Financial Services at TIAA. Um, One thing we ask all of our guests to do is to give a 20-second elevator pitch so our listeners have a better idea of who you are. Okay, there we go. So I am a mom first. I have three children, and I I live in Rhode Island and work in New York, so that's always complicated. And I am responsible for the consumer division of our company, making uh, lives a lot better for the customers that we work with. And I'm responsible for managing a variety of, of retail capabilities, including banking, insurance, brokerage, and investments. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Kathy was actually also the keynote speaker at this year's annual Stern Women in Business Conference here at Stern. I'm curious, Kathy, you've been in this field and been a powerhouse in this field now. What has changed since you started? So much has changed, right? The environment, so starting off with the environment in technology, I think technology is having such a dramatic impact on how people live and work. And that has created very, very different opportunities, especially for women and people who require an alternative work style. And so that has changed, I think, that um, the focus on diversity and inclusion, it's it's very, very different. And culture matters, right? I talk a lot about culture trumping everything. And I think there's a huge focus on that. How much progress have women made in finance, sort of anecdotally, in your time in the field? 
I, you know, when I was growing up in, in finance, there were very, very few role models in terms of women representation. And today you look everywhere and there's lots, lots more representation. Having said that, there's still a lot more um, progress that needs to be made. And, and while there has been progress, it's been slow. And what I'm most excited about is all of these movements mm -hmm. that are underway in organizations that are supporting uh, women in many different ways. Uh, so it's quite exciting. So before my time at Stern, um, I spent a couple of years within finance, and definitely the amount of women that I've seen on the trading floor has absolutely increased, and I think it's a really nice theme to see across the board. Um, so what has been instrumental within your career um, for getting you to where you are today? W were there key players? Um, were there key roles that you had? Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so when I think about the success I've had and what led to that, it, it's a couple of different things. One is confidence. I had a lot of confidence in my ability and, and, and what I could do. Um, I really understood what was most important to me. And so I kind of paved a different path. And I did so because I, I really recognized that it's important. Um, I didn't take no for an answer, right? And I think, um, and I wasn't afraid to ask. Um, and, and I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that later. And then the last really important uh, two things were, one, sponsorship. Uh, I had great sponsorship. And those are people who can open doors for you. They're in influential positions. They're, they're people who have had great success. And they can create opportunities that you could not create for yourself. And I had a very diversified set of experiences that have led me to where I am today. So having lots of different roles, whether it be in technology or product or finance, um, or marketing and operations, um, you have a sense of what other people are dealing with. And so you can relate to them and you build immediate, you know, support from, from those other parts of the organization and they trust you. Absolutely. I feel like it's really important to find those sponsors, like you mentioned. Um, it's always great to have a good boss or to have a number of great managers above you, but finding those champions within an organization, within a culture, um, certainly makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad you touched upon that. Um, maybe diving in a little bit deeper into the company you work at, TIAA. Um, what about TIAA has made it a successful place for a woman like yourself to, to move up the ladder? Um, and can you talk a little bit more about how that culture has fostered that? Yeah, so uh, t for me, after working elsewhere for 25 years, uh, and I've been here 10, TIA felt like coming home. There was just such a great alignment between what I believe in, what I was looking for in an organization, both in terms of the culture and environment, but also the opportunity. So, um, you know, the fact that they care so deeply about diversity and inclusion, that there's great representation at all levels of the organization. Uh, it's a mission-based company. So lots of organizations talk about being customer-centric or putting customers first. We really do. 95% uh, of our clients say we put their interests first, and that's pretty rare in financial services. The ability to make a difference in people's lives in the non-for-profit space. So we do good for those that are doing good in the world. Just feels it's a really good feel company to work for, and and we're we're growing. You know, we've had a lot of success. I came here to build a retail business, and when I started, we had about 250 advisors, and we have a thousand now, and we've really branched out. I acquired a bank. I'm chairman of our bank, and. 
you know, we're building a direct-to-consumer capability to, to support millennials and everything that they want. And so in terms of opportunity, personal growth, and just environment, it's, it's a really great place t- to work. Wow. You know, something that you said struck me, you talked about confidence and tenacity and grit and also sponsorship and mentorship. Who have been some of your mentors? So I think about mentorship and sponsorship differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentors are people that um, are going to be, I think, to, to be a good mentor, uh, they have to be someone that you can have a, a real candid con- relationship with, someone who's going to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. someone that has strengths that you don't, right? And mentors come in all different forms. They can be friends. They can be at work or, or other places. Sponsors are at work. Sponsors mm-hmm. are people in influential positions who literally can create opportunity for you. Mm. And, uh, you know, the sponsors that I've had in my life have come both internally and externally um, because they've had relationships with people uh, at the company. Um, And mentors have been peers. They've been uh, friends. They've been sometimes they're your manager. I think it uh, usually works better when they're not because mm-hmm. that creates a little bit of a uh, an odd situation. I think, you know, your your manager should be your coach, um, and so it's a little different. Is there one person who sticks out to you throughout your career, either personally or professionally, who you really feel like has changed your path? Yeah, so there was an individual. His name is Dean Athanasia, and he was at Bank of America. Mm-hmm. And I worked for him over a period of 10 years. And he always believed that I was capable of more than I believed in myself. Um, And that sounds opposite of confidence, but I just didn't think about it, right? Women growing up in my generation just didn't think about trying X, Y, or Z. And so he would tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, what about this? Or you should try that. And he created opportunities for me. I worked on about 25 acquisitions over my career. He always pulled me in. He created the opportunity for me to have a flex work schedule, work part-time. I had the first job share position at the company and many other, or where many people didn't have that type of an opportunity. So he was a huge influence and and really supported me on my career path. Hmm. When I've thought about sponsorship at a company, one thing that I've always been, not reluctant, but I've been a bit nervous about is finding that sponsor and having that initial conversation with that person by saying, hey, I want you to be a bit more than a mentor. Um, How can you coach me through um, a successful career in this company. What type of advice could you share in in having those types of conversations about how to seek out those individuals? Yeah, so first, I think it's really important for you to understand the dynamics at play, right? And people who are in a position of power today may not be in the future. And trying to figure out a way to build a relationship that's business-based first, right? When people come in and say, hey, I want you to know me and I want you to help me, mm-hmm. that doesn't typically work. Um, what works well is when you can find a common ground. Um, look for ways to interact with that individual, uh, raising your hand, um, volunteering for a project, getting, getting, figuring out opportunities to get to know that person or uh, getting to know them through someone else and, 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 and getting assistance in that way. And so I typically were involved in very visible programs and through that, sponsors in the company, you know, got to know me, and I got to know them. 
you are very successful now, but I don't want to basically gloss over the fact that you've also put in a lot of hard work and, you know, paid your dues, I'm sure, in many ways, you know, in Wall Street to get to where you are. Um, I read a quote uh, from you that really struck me. You said, I didn't have work-life balance, but I had balance in what mattered to me. How have you thought about work-life balance in your life, obviously as a woman who's very successful in finance, and how does that philosophy continue to sort of play out in your life today? Yeah, so the way I look at it is I, you know, I think most people would look at what I do and say, oh, my goodness, this woman has no work-life balance. There is no balance. But I do have balance on any given day. Mm -hmm. And so, again, first really being true to myself and knowing what's most important to me, I know what the priority is. I know when family comes first. I know when they need me. And family trumps everything. They will win every time. They always have. They always will. Um, and I learned that from a lesson, and I'll tell you about that in a second really quickly. But um, there rarely is a day or time when I'm torn. It's pretty clear to me where I'm needed most. And so it really hasn't been an issue. Uh, I um, There was one time when I was very young in my career, and a vice chairman asked me to come and present to him, and I did. And uh, it was my daughter's seventh birthday. And my daughter reminded me for the next year that I missed her birthday. And I never made that mistake again. And I recognized no one's going to remember that. And so about a year later, someone else said, hey, you know, we really want you to come meet with the CEO of the company. And I said, I'm sorry, it's my daughter's birthday. And the woman said, you're, you're telling him no? I said, no, I'm telling him I can't do it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally 10 minutes later, he called me and he said, good for you, Kathy. He said, no one ever says no to me. You tell me when you're available and I'll make sure I can meet with you. And that was everything I needed. Um, and I never missed another really important event in my kids' lives again. I love yeah. hearing those empowering tidbits, right? Because you're always afraid of telling the big boss that I can't do something, but um, people respect each other. Um, so that was actually a really great story. And thank you so much for shedding some light on that. No problem. Do you feel, you know, and obviously I ask you that question because you are a woman. Do you feel like the conversation, you know, that you have with either young women in, you know, in finance and Wall Street, do you find that it's very different from men who come in and they have different either questions or fears or a different perspective on the industry overall? You know, I actually think that men and women struggle when they're concerned about their image or saying no. Um, they're just struggling about different things, right? And so, and that's where I always counsel to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're true to yourself, you'll be happy. And when you're happy, you'll have greater success. And so I really make, I talk about what that means. And it means different things for different people. So what's important to me is going to be different than what's important to you. And one of the things I talk to people about is practice asking for things, right? So practicing your personal life. Um, I read a book uh, quite some time ago, uh, The Aladdin Factor, and if you haven't read it, go find it uh, because it was pretty inspiring to me. And one of the lessons learned is, say, you know, if you check into a hotel and you're expecting a room with a view and you get there and you're looking at a, a brick wall, you know, ask for something different. And the worst that can happen is people say no. And so that provided a lot of momentum or support for me to ask for things. I wasn't afraid, and I people are afraid to ask for a raise or ask for a promotion. Make sure you know that you deserve it, right? That you're asking for the right promotion at the right time. Um, but 
the worst that can happen is they say no and you're no worse off than you were before you asked. Mm. And I think that is something I see a lot that people struggle with asking for things because they're afraid of rejection and they're re afraid of, of getting no for an answer. When I was um, pregnant with my first child, I asked if I could work part-time or flex-time. I really was excited about being a mom and wanted to try something flexible, and they told me no. And uh, I thought about it for about five minutes, and then I went to their boss, which I don't recommend often, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, unless it's really important to you. But <laughs> this one was really important to me, and so I went to him, and in my the and he said uh, he said no, and I said, well, let's talk about that. Why why are you saying no? What's the worst that can happen? I fail. I said, isn't that better than me not being here because I won't be here? And uh, he said, okay, let's talk about that. And I ended up having the first. Um, flex time position, part-time professional job at the company. And then I tried job sharing and had that first job share. And then I did telecommuting. And I did that for almost 20 years of my career. And I held a lot of really responsible roles and I did it my way. Um, and it was that, you know, again, learning to ask for things that are important to you. Wow. When you look at your career, are there any moments that stick out to you in terms of like real key milestones and highlights that you had or you were able to achieve? Yeah, so uh, we were, I was uh, part of a, a pretty large uh, financial uh, banking organization and we were just acquired by a very, very, very large uh, bank. And uh, they asked me to uh, take on the head of technology and I wasn't a technologist. My husband was, but I wasn't. And I thought, why are they asking me to do this, to, to take on technology for this, for the private bank? And, uh, and they said, because you're a leader. Um, and, and what this organization needs is a leader. They don't need someone who understands the skill set and, and what to do. That's what you ha hire talented people for. And it was a really scary moment for me. And it, it, it was pivotal because I recognize leadership isn't about being the expert. It's about knowing what questions to ask, hiring really talented people, and then enabling them and supporting them so that they can be the best that they can be. And so after that experience, which lasted about two years, and when I took over, I, our employee uh, satisfaction rate was like 40%, and when I ended, it was 92. Wow. Um, and I recognized it, it, it is about leadership and, and, and really understanding how to motivate people and being authentic with them. And so after that, I take on anything anyone asks me to do. So tying that back to the first thing you said on the show about confidence, do you feel as though that experience really gave you the confidence in that you can run any type of business or any type of organization um, and that really set the stage for you going forward? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's really a thread that we talk a lot about here at Stern about that aspect of leadership it's so much about courage not only courage internally but also externally to to have those difficult conversations or to go into new fields um and being brave you know in your own skill set but also with other people too yeah i think it's about courage it's about fortitude it's about resiliency it's about adaptability right so i'm an incredibly adaptive person and being adaptive means you can go with the flow, right? I, I, it happens when you go through 25 mergers, it happens. You become adaptive or you don't survive. And the, But the most important aspect of it is being, uh, I'm a principle-based leader. And so decision-making became really simple for me. When I was faced with 
making a decision about something that was not in line with my principles, I always knew the right answer. Mm. And so all of that stress and anxiety about, oh, do I do X, Y, or Z, it, it, it literally evaporates. And so I'm really proud of the fact that I've led a principle-based um, leadership. Is there an aspect of the industry that really like gets you out of bed every morning that makes you super excited either for today or for tomorrow? So technology gets me really excited. Um, I just think it's changing the way we live and work in pretty amazing ways. And it's creating opportunities that would have never existed before. So even in my own industry, the fact that people have access to advice and financial services and planning and investments that was typically, you know, for high net worth individuals is just an example of it, right? Everyone has uh, financial goals and dreams, and we can accommodate so much more with the technology that's available today when I think about the medical field and all that it offers. So, you know, the rate at which technology is is changing is something no one has ever seen before. And I think 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, wow, we really were moving slowly then. Um, but again, with that comes the the need for adaptability, for taking on new things, for not being afraid to say, you know, the skill set that has, pr- has served me well is not going to serve me well in the future. So I talk a lot to my teams about what got us here won't get us there and being open to what's in front of us. Did you ever envision that your career would be what it is today? Because so much of what we're going through now as business school students is, okay, where will I be in a year, five years, 10 years, and trying to, in some way, chart that out? It, it's something that I think about all the time, right? Especially going through this recruiting process, knowing what you're going to do this summer is what one does in their MBA program between summer one, or excuse me, during summer one, what does that mean for the rest of your career? So. I'd be interested to hearing about that. Yeah, like how deliberate was your career path versus taking advantage of, of new opportunities? Yeah, there was there. There's nothing <laughs> deliberate about it at all. If you had asked me, no, not. I mean, I thought I was going to be a mom, and I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, I'm really proud of being a mom. Um, having said that, I'm super competitive, and 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 that really has had an impact on in some of the things I've taken on. But so I would tell you that. What you need to think about is the fact that likely 50% of the jobs that will exist in 10 years don't exist today. That's one thought. And probably at least 25% of the jobs um, that do exist today won't. And so when you think about that next role, I really think it's about what what are my strengths? What do I enjoy doing? What is the skill set that m- gets me excited and, 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 and really, you know, thinking about that? And then what are the different types of experiences I can have that lead me down different paths? Now, the reality is if you're going into the medical profession, you know, you kind of have to stick with that same path because you don't want, you know, engineers operating on, on patients. Uh, you want surgeons to do that. And so I think it's very specific to what what type of path you're heading down. My son's a freshman in college and, you know, I struggle with providing advice to him because of the fact that I think there's going to be tremendous opportunities that we don't even know exist today. And I never would have imagined doing the things I do. I had an accounting major and I thought I was going to go to law school and uh, I didn't do either. I didn't pursue a career in, in accounting and I didn't go to law school. 
Um, but I, um, I'm pretty excited about the things I, I do get to do today. Absolutely. And I don't know that that was helpful. I guess my, you know. No, it absolutely no. was. <laughs> so, I, you, know what, you know what I say to my kids? Go with it. Go with it. Just roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. Go with the flow and remain curious. Hmm. Remain curious and open-minded to what comes your way and don't assume, don't just shut things down because it's not something that was in your purview or if it wasn't something you imagined doing. So along the same lines, would you say it's more important to be a jack of all trades rather than an expert in one thing? Um, or would you say that somebody who can roll with the pen punches still has an anchor in something that um, they can run off of throughout their career? I think it's a very personal decision. I think that for some people being a jack of all, if you want to be a leader of leaders and you want to take on a very big role in an organization, then the more the very the variety and experiences that you can have make a really big difference. If you want to be um, the CFO of a company, again, still other experiences still are helpful to that. But the more I'd say the more specific the skill set that's necessary, then it, it's it's just people choose different paths. You are the CEO of an incredible organization and also the CEO of your own family. And it struck me that you said that you're really proud to be a mom and that you're a mom first. What makes you so proud to be a mom? It's what I enjoy the most, right? My mom passed away 10 years ago and I'm one of five kids and four, four women. And she said to me, you know, you remind me of Mother Goose. You always have a following of children behind you. And that was like the best compliment I've ever <laughs> gotten in my life. It's just I'm really passionate. I think children are our future and I get a lot of personal enjoyment out of that. And so for me, it was about, I think it's pretty cool, right? I, I think for my children to see that, yes, I've had success and they've certainly benefited from that, but they see me as their mom. I'm the one that's making dinner on Sundays and, you know, telling them to brush their teeth. And I've enjoyed a very personal relationship with my children that would tend to look more like a stay-at-home mom than a mom who worked their entire life. And I think people at work think of me that way, that I've been a different kind of leader. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with with the woman that has chose a different path. It's, again, that was what was important to me. It may not be important to someone else. It's just recognizing that. I'd say that the most important thing, though, is to have balance, right? So I'm able to be objective and to give everything I can to my work because I have outlets. And people who put everything, all their eggs in one basket and just focus on one thing, they you can kind of get burned out. And I've seen a lot of women and men get burned out because they worked 100 hours a week every week. I've worked 100 hours a week and it almost killed me. Um, and so I think it's about you do the things you need to do, um, recognizing you can't do them forever. I mean, my daughter was complaining last night about working all night. And I'm like, well, I did that a lot more than you did. <laughs> um, but so my point there is, though, you know, it's balance. There's balance. What are some of your outlets? What do you like to do to either unwind or I guess take advantage of whatever, what little free time it sounds like you have? So I love to cook. Um, I really enjoy cooking. It's how I express love to my family. In fact, I get angry when they don't eat all the food I cook before I disappear. Do you have like a Sunday night dinner ritual? Or? Yeah. We, oh, so my kids are grown now. Uh, my daughters are 29 and 26, and uh, my son is a freshman in college. So 
that we don't have that nucleus like we we did. Sure. But I, I invite other kids over. <laughs> we'll come. Can we come? Yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> my house is open all the time. In fact, their friends are are at my house every weekend with my husband and I. And so uh, we we did have those rituals. We had Friday night games. We had Sunday dinners. And my sister came and her kids. And we celebrate holidays. I'm all about traditions. And the thing I really enjoy outside of that is uh, I love being outside. I'm a big boater. I really enjoy being on the water. And again, we bring the family and friends. And as soon as I get out on the water, all stress just disappears. Just as an anecdote, I grew up my, as a sailor. My, my, my dad had a boat, but it was the exact opposite. There was definitely some stressful times pulling into slips and things like that. So I'm glad that you've been able to find it as a, uh, as a, the as a stress outlet, to say okay. the least. Sometimes the waters are choppy and sometimes they're smooth. It's fun, though. (laughs) Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today, not only for the Stern Women in Business Conference, but also on Stern Chats today. It was our pleasure to have you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. We really appreciate it.